0: This podcast is made available for free, globally. That is only possible through my relationships with advertising partners. If you would like to access an ad-free version of Practical Stoicism, go to stoicismpod.com forward slash members to learn more. Good morning, Prekaptan. I hope you are well. Today, we're going to visit Book 11 of Meditations and hear a bit from Marcus about service to ourselves and others. That meditation begins... These are the properties of the rational soul. It sees itself, analyzes itself, and makes itself such as it chooses. The fruit which it bears itself enjoys, for the fruits of plants and that in animals which corresponds to fruits others enjoy. It obtains its own end, wherever the limit of life may be fixed. I will get to that full meditation in just a minute or three. Before that, though... Insert trumpet sound effects here. Listener Rudy Bonfini, who has been working on a practical stoicism app, though it's not really an app for the podcast, since November of 2022, is finally prepared to launch that app. Rudy has been working on this app for free in his spare time since November of 2022. It is January 2024. That is a long time To work on something and especially to work on something with an unguaranteed promise of earnings in the future which is what rudy wanted in fact there was no stopping him from developing this app frankly (laughs) he was going to do it whether we were going to allow him to or not he was very motivated so together with rudy Kai Whiting and I are creating content for this app, which is like a quote-of-the-day app meets a self-improvement character development app. Every day, the users of this app will receive a quote from a properly sourced Stoic text along with one to three minutes of audio meditation, inspired by that text and read by me, but written by Kai Whiting. And finally, After that audio meditation, you'll receive a bit of advice on how to apply that day's teachings to your life moving forward. Now, this isn't going to be a free app. The amount of work that has gone into it on Rudy's end and the amount of work that will continue to go into it on myself and Kai's end makes it being a free app a fairly unjust proposition. Rudy isn't an indentured servant, and neither are Kai or I. But it will be an affordable app that, dare I say, over-delivers on the cost. $4.99 a month is the price we're placing on it, and there's a healthy trial so that you can give it a real shot before deciding if it's worth it for you. But we're all pretty sure that it will be. So right now, before listening to even another minute of this podcast, please press pause, and go to actualstoicism.com to add your name to the launch day notification list. It is coming soon, and we all want you to be among the first to know. Also, signing up for the launch day list is a huge help to everyone involved in this project. The more downloads we get in the first week of the launch, even if they're just trial downloads, the more likely this app is to be a success. It might even get featured as an app of the day, which would be crazy cool. I don't think I've ever said crazy cool before, but there you go. It'll be crazy cool. So go and register for the launch day notifications and get excited for this app because it's going to be really helpful and really, really, as I said, totally cool. All right, now some patron thank yous. Thank you to Jeff Kostecki, Julie Strauss, and Ray Giannoli. Thank you to the three of you for joining. Thank you for supporting this podcast and my broader work. You are kind, you are lovely, and I appreciate you so very much for being part of whatever success I happen to experience. You are the root of it. That's it for intros, housekeeping, and thank yous. So now it's time for a couple of ads, and then I will see you for the rest of the episode. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Factor. Eating easy is rarely healthy, but with Factor, the marriage of ease and health has finally happened. Ring those bells and throw that rice. Factor is a meal delivery service providing never-frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals that are ready to go in just two minutes and are delivered straight to your doorstep. This includes restaurant-quality meals for every meal of the day and, if you want, even snacks and beverages as well. I used Factor for years and raved to my friends about how not a single meal tasted bad, which was an astounding feat since all the meals were healthy and could be tailor-made to whatever diet initiative I was trying to keep up with, like veganism, vegetarianism, paleo, low-carb, whatever. Now, get ready to hear the number 50 way more than you thought you'd hear it today, because listeners of the Practical Stoicism podcast should head over to factormeals.com forward slash practical 50, that's practical50 and use the code practical50 at checkout to get 50% off. That's code practical50 at factormeals.com forward slash practical50 to get 50% off. Seed DSO-1 is a daily symbiotic, which is a probiotic, and prebiotic formulated to provide benefits for gut immune function and whole body health. I take it every morning before I eat which is when it works the best. And I have noticed a big difference in my digestion, regularity, and even my skin. It's nice that this benefit comes in a small package that needs no refrigeration and really is just a couple of simple, small pills. You also get this cool little travel vial in case you're traveling, so you don't have to stuff a bunch of loose pills in your pocket, which is nice. It's also nice that this product is so rigorously tested from a scientific perspective, which makes seeds, probiotic research, development, and innovation programs a lot more trustworthy. So trust your gut health to Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com forward slash practical and use code 25practical to get 25% off of your first month. That's 25% off of your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com forward slash practical with the code 25practical as i said at the outset today's episode is going to center around meditation one of book eleven of the meditations of Marcus Aurelius. That full meditation reads as follows. These are the properties of the rational soul. It sees itself, analyzes itself, and makes itself such as it chooses. The fruit which it bears itself enjoys for the fruits of plants and that in animals which corresponds to fruits others enjoy. It obtains its own end, wherever the limit of life may be fixed, not as in a dance and in a play, and in such like things, where the whole action is incomplete, if anything cuts it short, but in every part, and wherever it may be stopped, it makes what has been set before it full and complete, so that it can say, I have what is my own. And further, it traverses the whole universe, and the surrounding vacuum, and surveys its form And it extends itself into the infinity of time, and embraces and comprehends the periodical renovation of all things. And it comprehends that those who come after us will see nothing new, nor have those before us seen anything more. But in a manner, he who is forty years old, if he has any understanding at all, has seen by virtue of the uniformity that prevails all things which have been and all that will be. This, too, is a property of the rational soul, love of one's neighbor, and truth, and modesty, and to value nothing more than itself, which is also the property of law. Thus, then, right reason differs not at all from the reason of justice. This is a very deep meditation, and unfortunately, it is found in the second to last book of meditations, because most people don't make it past book three or four or maybe five, since that's where most of the be a man, be resilient, be strong, ultra-quotable, let's call it meme fodder comes from in contemporary influencer content. If meditations led with this heavy stuff that you find in book 11— and this meditation in particular, we might have a broader collection of such quotes from Marcus more readily shared on social media. Although it's possible if meditations led with this, we'd have far less contemporary interest in Stoicism in the first place. It is, after all, hard to tell someone to be a swole, lone wolf when Marcus Aurelius is saying, this too is a property of the rational soul, love of one's neighbor, and truth and modesty. I want to start with the beginning of the meditation seems like a good place to start right these are the properties of the rational soul it sees itself analyzes itself and makes itself such as it chooses such as it chooses i think that's really the key part of this first bit the rational soul chooses this is why animals plants and planets are wholly rational because their connection to the rationality of the universe is uninterrupted by cognitive processes that might muddy the waters of their rational action. To be clear, what I'm saying here is that animals do what animals do. They don't decide to fill their roles in nature, they simply live according to their nature flawlessly. So do planets. So do any things that don't have the ability to choose. Humans, however, seem to have a level of consciousness that can interrupt the universe's rationality and create a reality where the naturally existing rational faculty that exists in all humans must be actively engaged or leveraged in order for a human to live in a rational accordance with its nature. Remember, there are madmen, prekoptan, and sages. The madman knows nothing of reason or of rationality. And if he or she, for that matter, has even heard of these things, they have no interest in learning more about them or learning how to implement them and live a life according to their human nature. The Prokaptan, which is what we all are, is aware and is actively attempting to behave in accordance with the nature of their naturally rational soul. The sage is the perfectly rational human being. Of course, no one is a sage, that's not really a thing. I liked that Will Johncock said that it was more of a device than a reality. That was a great way to put that. I loved that. We're all Prokoptan, at best. Our souls, or whatever the fundamental most bit of our humanity is, may have reason and rationale embedded in it naturally, but the level of consciousness we have as human beings means we can be madmen we can allow our untamed consciousness to run roughshod over our true nature. Or we can choose to be on and use our rational faculty to fully embody the natural reason of our soul. And to be clear on what I'm saying there, again, it may be the case that all humans have the ability to be rational, but humans have to choose to be rational. Bumblebees, they don't have to choose. Elephants... Those cute little sons of guns, they don't have to choose. Human beings, though, we have to choose. In order to live according to our nature as humans, we have to choose. So the rational soul is, in a way, inert in humans without the choice of the individual in charge of the rational faculty attached to it. Every single human can effort to embody their rationality, but only if they choose to do so. So we must choose or we must lose whatever hope there is of progressing towards sagehood and the perfectly rational state. The next bit of this meditation talks about the rational soul not thinking of its existence as a sort of play. The attainment of a pure rational soul doesn't have a fixed end or beginning or middle. And this is a little wooey, I think, but let's try to dive into it. The meditation says it obtains its own end wherever the limit of life may be fixed. Not as in a dance, and in a play, and in such like things, where the whole action is incomplete if anything cuts it short, but in every part, and wherever it may be stopped, it makes what has been set before it full and complete, so that it can say, I have what is my own. In other words, I think, the rational soul isn't only rational, if it lasts for a certain amount of time. If you have a 12-year-old sage, they are no more or less a perfectly rational soul than they would be 100 years later at the age of 112. Sagehood is the perfect state. If you're in the perfect state, if you have possessed the rational soul, It matters not whether you're in this state for a moment or a millennia, because once you're in that state, you understand that the length of a life has nothing to do with the rational expression of your soul. And to make this a bit more magical, put even a little bit more woo into it, so to speak, if tomorrow you were to realize all the secrets and knowledge of the universe, though this isn't exactly what a sage does or has or attains. Again, I'm just trying to make it fantastical, so maybe it's a bit easier to grasp. If that were to happen to you tomorrow, you would understand something about the nature of matter, space, time, and existence that would supersede dependence on any external conditions. You would have achieved an ultimate state from which there would be nowhere to advance. All that would be left would be to exist and act in the way that this state would necessitate. But maybe explaining it more fantastically isn't the right approach, so let's try more realistically. If you found yourself tomorrow... With all your aims, goals, and missions in life completed, if you possessed what you really thought to be, the perfect life, you would say that there was nothing left to do but enjoy that perfect life, for as long as your body would allow you to live and enjoy that perfect life. It is the same here. The rational soul, in a human, once fully realized, sees its existence as a state which is impossible to improve upon and requires no additional time to exist because it requires nothing additional to validate or qualify it. It can simply exist in perfect reason until its host, that's us, dies. The rational soul isn't like a stage play where if the play is interrupted and never finished, it is considered somehow incomplete. The rational soul, once realized, is complete no matter at what point its host dies. Not least because the human host it exists in isn't really what it is. The rational soul isn't human. That's not how it works in Stoicism. The rational soul is more like a piece of universal reason that animates a human husk. Now, admittedly, This sort of thing proves to be too much for most people looking into Stoicism. And that's probably why Book 11 isn't the most commonly quoted book in meditations. But the heavier, more spiritual-seeming stuff certainly is central to the entire formation of Stoic philosophy. These ideas, and others, are at the roots of the, let's say, tree of Stoicism, if you wanted to think of it that way. And now that I do, perhaps I need to create a tree of Stoicism diagram and coin the term. I like it. The tree of stoicism. Or maybe somebody else has already done that. Oh well. My ADHD train of thought isn't the point of this episode. It is everywhere and every when, or to return to the meditation, the further it traverses the whole universe and the surrounding vacuum and surveys its form and it extends itself into the infinity of time, and embraces and comprehends the periodical renovation of all things, and it comprehends that those who come after us will see nothing new, nor have those before us seen anything more. But in a manner, he who is forty years old, if he has any understanding at all, has seen by virtue of the uniformity that prevails all things which have been, and all that will be." I feel a little bit called out in this section because I'm 40 years old, so it was weird to read that, but this part gets a little too, let's say, Deepak Chopra for me. But I think we can still understand it given what we've already heard in this episode. Universal reason, the rational soul of the universe, is only ever, in humans, a small portion of its full self. And its full self is something like everything. If the universe were made into a two-dimensional flat sheet of paper, everything that existed in it would be things pressed out of that paper. And to make that a little easier to grasp in the movie of your mind, have you ever seen those little plastic automated mold-making machines or plastic encasing machines? I don't know if I'm going to do a good job of explaining this, but you know how you can take a piece of plastic and heat it, stretch it taut, and then press something into it, and then that plastic will take on the shape of that thing you've pressed into it. It forms something like a mold of whatever it is you've pressed into it. Well, universal reason is the plastic, and the shape it takes on when something is pressed into it is a human being, or a planet, or a dog, or a Venus flytrap, or a screwdriver, or a dolphin, or Dave, your next-door neighbor. So nothing exists in the universe that isn't part of that plastic, that isn't part reason that isn't part of reason or rationale. So the bit over here is the same as the bit over there. Even if the bit over here looks human for a time, it is still connected to all the other bits in that it's part of the same plastic sheet. And in the same way that the skin covering your body is all part of the same body, and in some vague way, the skin on your foot is connected to the skin on your ear, and so the experience of ear skin and foot skin is all the same. It is just differently located skin, so it will experience all the same things new skin, old skin, distant skin, and different colored skin, for example, will experience. Of course, this metaphor does break down a bit because skin doesn't exist everywhere, but universal rationality and reason, according to the Stoics, do exist everywhere. Like I said, all of this is a little bit too wooey for my liking and not very practical in my estimation, but maybe it's something that helps us to feel connected to a whole and to consider that more seriously, because it is impossible to deny that no matter what we're made of, we're all made up of ingredients from the same supermarket of materials. We're all in this universe thing that we live in, right? I'm in it, you're in it. A planet that nobody knows about that exists a billion light years away is also in it. And so there is a kind of kinship with everything that factually exists. Whether or not we want to make it feel magical, coldly logical, or deeply scientific, the connection is there, and there's nothing that can be done to discredit that idea. We're all in the same fishbowl, and so no matter how distant we are, we're all drinking the same water. Although fish don't drink water. (laughs) But we don't have gills. Oh God, now we're drowning. This is a terrible metaphor, but I think you get what I'm saying. is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often, so stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase, that's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com Forward slash practical. This episode is brought to you in part by Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with over three million members. They are, without a doubt, the easiest way to play. DFS. It's just you versus the numbers. You pick more than or less than on 2-6 to player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With the big game right around the corner, prize picks is the easiest and most exciting way to turn every game-changing moment into 100 times your money because with as little as 4 correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Offer expires post-Super Bowl. With quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of player and stat types, it's no wonder PrizePix is the number one daily fantasy sports app. I've got friends that use prize picks and they absolutely swear by it. So if daily fantasy sports is your thing, you've got to give prize picks a try. Go to prizepicks.com forward slash practical and use the code PRACTICAL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com forward slash practical with code PRACTICAL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy this too is a property of the rational soul love of one's neighbor and truth and modesty and to value nothing more than itself which is also the property of law thus then right reason differs not at all from the reason of justice really this last bit is the meat of the meditation stew today Regardless of all the brain-busting words I've just used, I'm sure everyone listening to this episode is like, what is going on? This is a crazy episode. But given everything that we have discussed so far in this episode, how should we understand these closing lines of the meditation? If the rational soul exists everywhere and every when... And is not a human or a plant or a buffalo or a turtle, but is all of those things when those things come into existence as those things, because it is the threads of the material that make up existence, and therefore comprises all those things and every other thing you can think of. Then, what is meant when Marcus says, and to value nothing more than itself? Now, this is important, so listen up. It must mean. That the rational soul should value itself as a whole thing, its entire self, because the rational soul isn't me or you or that planet I mentioned that no one knows about and is millions of light years away. It's not any of those things. It's all those things at once because it's everywhere. If that's true, then when Marcus says that the rational soul has to value nothing more than itself, he's saying the rational soul has to value everything, because everything is it. So if the bit of rational soul in me, Tanner Campbell, the person speaking to you right now, is going to value itself, it has to value the bit of itself which is also in you, and in the buffalo, and in the turtle, and in the rocks, and in the trees, and in the doggos, and the caddos, and in all the things everywhere, and every when. And that doesn't sound much like a directive to care about oneself and to hell with everyone else, does it? That sounds like a directive to see everything as being as much a part of the universal stuff as we are, to find kinship with everything as a result of that, and to serve those things to the best of our ability appropriately, because to do that is to value nothing more than itself. Or, now that you understand clearly, or I hope you do, to value nothing more than the one thing that ties everything together and is the source material of everything we love, hate, fear, and feel joy for. So suddenly, Stoicism seems very clearly not about being a lone wolf. Shockingly, here we are, being told to value nothing more than we value the thing that gives rise to everything which exists, and thereby to value nothing more than we value the reverence for that thing wherever it exists, which is everywhere and in everything. That's quite a different stoicism than one might encounter on the bestsellers list and in the movies, isn't it? This has been a weird episode. Because, well, we're in book 11, and things get weird in book 11, apparently. But it's been a very, as I would say, and said a couple times here, a woo-wee episode. The rational soul is always complete. It's never incomplete. It's everywhere. It's in everything. Planets have it. Turtles have it. Only humans have to choose to work towards possessing it. And once one possesses it, there's nothing left to do, and so everything is complete. At no matter what time, the human who possesses it expires. Probably not how you were expecting to start your Monday morning. I hope this hasn't thrown you into an existential crisis. I hope instead that it has encouraged you to think differently in the week ahead. You should care about nothing more than yourself. But that means you have to care about everything that is the same as you, which is apparently everything, if that is, you consider yourself possessing even a part of the rational soul, even if not perfectly. Here's my question for you today. Remember, if you're a Spotify user, you can answer this question right in the Spotify app by visiting the dedicated episode page for this episode and typing your answer in right there in the Spotify app. My question is simple. Has this episode made you think differently about Stoicism? If so, how? Be as detailed as you like, though there may be a character limit on Spotify, I'm not sure. If you're not a Spotify user and you want to answer that question, go to stoicismpod.com and use the contact form to send me your answer. Thank you for listening today. If you're not yet a patron of my work, please consider becoming one by going to stoicismpod.com forward slash members. It's just $5 a month, and it'll get you access to a few cool new things, not least of all, an ad-free version of this podcast. Thanks again for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day, whatever of it is left, and until next time, take care.